you all can make your way back to your seats. We're going to get started. And open up in your Bibles, please, to Ruth chapter 2. Ruth chapter 2 is the passage of Scripture that we're going to be looking at this morning. In our series, Seeing Christ in All of Scripture. I've been already enjoying uh, diving into the book of Ruth together with you. And we're going to read Ruth chapter 2 this morning. And the title of the message this morning is, God Working in the Details of Ruth's Life. God Working in the Details of Ruth's Life. So let's look at Ruth chapter 2 together. Now, Naomi had a relative of her husband's, a worthy man of the clan of Elimelech, whose name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, let me go to the field and glean among the ears of grain after, after him, in whose sight I shall find favor. And she said to her, go, my daughter. So she set out and went and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And she happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz who was of the clan of Elimelech. Elimelech was Naomi's husband, and he had died. And behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem, and he said to the reapers, The Lord be with you. And they answered, The Lord bless you. Don't you love that greeting and that response? That's so cool. Verse 5. Then Boaz said to his young man who was in charge of the reapers, Whose young woman is this? And the servant who was in charge of the reapers answered, She is the young Moabite woman who came back with Naomi from the country of Moab. She said, please let me glean and gather among the sheaves after the reapers. So she came and she has continued from early morning until now, except for a short rest. Then Boaz said to Ruth, now listen, my daughter, do not go to glean in another field or leave this one, but keep close to my young women. Let your eyes be on the field that they are reaping and go after them. Have I not charged the young men not to touch you? And when you are thirsty, go to the vessels and drink what the young men have drawn. Then she fell on her face, bowing to the ground, and said to him, Why have I found favor in your eyes that you should take notice of me, since I am a foreigner? But Boaz answered her, All that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband has been fully told to me, and how you left your father and mother and your native land and came to a people that you did not know before. And I love this verse. The Lord repay you for what you have done, and a full reward be given you by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. Isn't that wonderful? That's that's our memory verse for the book of Ruth right there. Ruth 2.12 Then she said, I have found favor in your eyes. My Lord, for you have comforted me and spoken kindly to your servant, though I am not one of your servants. And at mealtime, Boaz said to her, Come here and eat some bread and dip your morsel in the wine. So she sat beside the reapers and he passed to her roasted grain. And she ate until she was satisfied and she had some left over. When she rose to glean, Boaz instructed his young men saying, Let her glean even among the sheaves and do not reproach her. And also, pull out some of the bundles for her and leave it for her to glean and do not rebuke her. So she gleaned in the field until evening. Then she beat out what she had gleaned and it was about an ephah of barley. 
And she took it up and went into the city. Her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned. She saw, she also brought out and gave her what food she had left over after being satisfied. And her mother-in-law said to her, where did you glean today and where have you worked? Blessed be the man who took notice of you. So she told her mother-in-law with whom she had worked and said, the man's name with whom I work today is Boaz. And Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, may he be blessed of the Lord whose kindness has not forsaken the living or the dead. Naomi also said to her, the man is a close relative of ours, one of our redeemers. And Ruth the Moabite said, besides, he said to me, you shall keep close to my young men until they have finished all my harvest. And Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, it is good, my daughter, that you go out with his young women, lest in another field you be assaulted. So she kept close to the young women of Boaz, gleaning until the end of the barley and wheat harvest. And she lived with her mother-in-law. Again, the title is God Working in the Details of Ruth's Life. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank You so much for this beautiful story in the life of one woman who was transformed by Your amazing grace. And we thank You so much for the way You worked Your almighty salvation plan through this woman, Ruth. Lord, as we look at her life today, help us all to be inspired with fresh faith and passion for You. To love You, Jesus, with all of our heart. And we look and remember, Lord Jesus, that You laid down Your life for us on the cross. And we are so grateful for the favor that is upon our life because of Your amazing grace and steadfast love. We ask that You would bless us this morning and strengthen us according to Your Word. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Well, last week we opened up the series on the book of Ruth in Ruth chapter 1, and we, we looked at how God really moves in a mysterious way His wonders to perform. And we saw that the book of Ruth actually takes place during the time period of the Judges, the book we just finished in the Old Testament, which occurred between the years 1375, right at the death of Joshua, and proceeded all the way down to about 1075, a period of about 300 years. There were various famines that hit Israel during that period of time due to their rebellion and disobedience to the Lord. And when the famine hit Israel, Elimelech, Naomi's husband, led him and his his wife, Naomi, to Moab seeking food for them and their two sons. Naomi and Ruth returned to Israel as poor widows. Having both lost their husbands, Ruth married Naomi's son. And he had died while they were in Moab together. And these two women, these two widows, heard that God visited His people Israel with food. That the famine was over and they sought to position themselves to be provided for by the Lord and they returned to Israel in their destitution and in their poverty. Naomi's name we looked at last week means God is sweet. But she actually asked to be called Mara by the women of Israel because she said the Almighty had dealt bitterly with her. She said to them, I went away full, but I came back empty. But in the midst of it all, Naomi did not stop believing in the Lord in the midst of the bitter providences that the Lord brought into her life. Even though she said, I went away full and I come back empty, 
We looked at last week that with the young woman Ruth by her side, Naomi was not as empty coming back to Israel as she felt. In fact, she couldn't have been more full and full of riches, not just simply for Israel, but riches for the whole world as we'll find out as we go forth into the book of Ruth deeper. Naomi brings with her the woman God is going to use to save all of Israel and in time the whole world. The great-grandmother, or you might say mother of King David, and the many times great-grandmother of the King of Kings, Jesus Christ. You've got to love the story of the book of Ruth and how it traces further down the line the story of the first mention of the Gospel in the book of Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, where the promise is given that the seed of the woman or the offspring of the woman will crush the head of the serpent. Here we get a specific story of one of the women God used to carry down the line the, the seed of the Messiah, Jesus Christ, and her name is Ruth. This is a story, brothers and sisters. This isn't just some book in the Old Testament. This is the story of how God saved the world through Christ and, and the lineage and the build-up to that and how He used two broken, poor widows who were about as low as you could be coming back into Israel. And this Gentile woman, this Moabite, Ruth, who just in the last chapter in Ruth chapter 1, savingly believed in Yahweh. But now she's coming to Israel and God's actually going to use her as a means of grace to bring salvation to the ends of the earth to all who believe in Jesus. Yes, indeed, the salvation of the nation of Israel came through this woman. And the salvation, brothers and sisters, of our eternal souls by Jesus Christ has also come to us through her offspring, Jesus Christ, as well. And this is the specific story of how that came to pass. And it is just awesome in the details. Awesome. And so let's look at three points this morning. Number one, Ruth, the woman of faith. Number two, Ruth, the woman of action. And the third and final point, God working in the details of Ruth's life. Let's look at point one, Ruth, the woman of faith. You know, it's important to note with Ruth, she's a new believer here. She's coming back into Israel with Naomi, and Naomi knew this land but for Ruth, this was brand new to her. And she's a new believer. But Ruth in chapter 1 really is, is spoken of as a woman who really exemplifies saving faith. What we learn about Ruth is that Naomi tells both Ruth and her sister-in-law, Orpah, who also lost her husband, these two Moabite women, Naomi says, listen, I'm going to go back to Israel and you guys stay here because it's going to be easier for you to stay with your families, remarry here in Moab because it's going to be hard for me going back to Israel and I'm not going to be able to find you husbands to start your life over again. And so go back, it'll be easier for you 
to stay here in Moab. And Orpah eventually kissed Naomi goodbye and went back to her family and went back to her gods, it actually says. But Ruth did not do so. Ruth is an example to all of us of saving faith and genuine repentance. The Word of God says in Ruth chapter 1 that Ruth clung to Naomi. And she clung to the God of Israel as she clung to Naomi, her mother-in-law. That word cling or clung, what, what, what that's talking about, it's covenantal language used in the book of Deuteronomy to talk about how all of us should cling to Jesus Christ in saving faith. It's, it's Deuteronomy covenantal language when it says she clung, Ruth did, to Naomi and to her God. She also, here's another covenantal word, she left her old life to follow not only Naomi, her mother-in-law, back to Israel, but to follow Naomi's God, Yahweh, our Lord. She's an example, Ruth is, of leaving her old land, leaving her parents, leaving behind everything that was familiar in order to follow the Lord and to bind herself to this broken widow who had also lost two sons. She was weak, but she clung, Naomi did, to her faith in the Lord. And she taught Ruth about Yahweh. And it was enough for for Ruth to say, I I am laying hold of Him and I'm laying hold of you and I'm not going to let you go. You see that there's a determination in Ruth that really exemplifies the spirit of genuine saving faith. If you look in Ruth chapter 1, just by way of background, it says in verse 16 of Ruth 1, but Ruth said, do not urge me to leave you or to return from following you. And look at this conviction. This is how all of us should be in relation to laying hold of Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Ruth says to Naomi, her mother-in-law, for where you go, I will go. And where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. Awesome words. Amen? I love those words. That's another memory scripture there in Ruth chapter 1. The verse 17 says, look, you see she's in it for the long haul. She's not just sort of this easy believism. You know, Jesus, I believe in you, but what's in it for me? She is in this for keeps. She says to Naomi, where you die, I will die. And there will I be buried. May the Lord, listen to this, may the Lord do so to me and more also, if anything, but death parts me from you. And I love verse 18. And when Naomi saw that Ruth was determined, see that determination, that strength of will, that's how we as believers in Christ are meant to lay hold of our God with determination, not with a weak-hearted yeah, yeah, I guess I'll believe in Jesus. Give me that hell insurance. I'm, I'm not going to change living the way I want to live, but just give me Jesus so I can make sure that I'm not going to go to hell when I die. But I'm not interested in church. I'm not interested in God's people. I'm not interested in any of that. I just want hell insurance, which many, many people believe in today, brothers and sisters. But that's easy believism. Ruth did not 
believe in Yahweh in that way. She was determined to follow Him and to go with Naomi to the foreign land of Israel to her and to leave her old life behind, to leave her parents, to leave her old land, and as Orpah didn't do, to leave her old gods to follow the Lord. She left her old life. And that's an example of genuine repentance. We looked at that, I looked at that a little bit last week, but she continued on in her journey. She didn't just start well, she carried on. She followed through on her words and she translated it into action. All the way to Israel, she followed Naomi and she settled there with her. And Ruth chapter 2 picks up on Ruth's saving faith because it says in Ruth chapter 2 verse 12 in the scripture I highlighted in the reading this morning, Boaz actually was told by his foreman about this faith in this Moabite woman who returned back to the land of Israel with her Israelite mother-in-law Naomi. He says in verse 12 to, to Ruth, the Lord repay you for what you have done, and a full reward be given you by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. That phrase that Ruth had come to take refuge in the Lord is another description of her genuine saving faith in Yahweh that she came to take refuge. Oh, what, what a beautiful expression, brothers and sisters. Under Yahweh's wings. In Psalm 91, verse 4, the Word of God says this, speaking of the Lord, He will cover you with His pinions. It's the outer part of His wings. And under His wings, you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a buckler. She came to take refuge in the shelter of God's wings. And the genuineness of her faith is testified to that other believers, like Boaz, testify to the reality of Ruth's saving faith. He spoke of her faith with certainty. You've come to take refuge under the wings of the God of Israel. And we all know it and we see it. What a glorious, glorious expression. Oh, my friend, have you come to take refuge underneath the wings of Almighty God? Have you left your old life like Ruth left hers? And have you, by the grace of God, clung to the Lord Jesus Christ and His finished work on the cross, His resurrection from the dead, as your only hope of salvation, and said to Him, I am determined to follow You, Jesus. May that type of genuine saving faith and genuine repentance characterize Christ's community, every single one of us in this room. Amen? Thank You for Your example in that. Moving to point two, Ruth was the woman of faith, but she's also the woman of action. She's the woman of action. She is a godly, loving, hard-working, diligent, 
persevering woman looking out both for herself and for her mother-in-law. We see this in Ruth chapter 2 immediately because you've got to remember, Ruth is grieving still here, the loss of her husband, and she's caring for Naomi, who's, who's a, a broken mother-in-law who's lost her two sons and her husband. You don't exactly get this picture of just happy, happy, joy, joy here in, in this, but you see something of the character and the depth of Ruth here in, in what she says. She says, Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, let me go to the field and glean among the ears of grain after him in whose sight I shall find favor. So she's got this trust in God that she's going to find this field of this man in Israel. She's going to find favor. She didn't know that. Apparently, you know, gleaning here was very dangerous and uh, women had been assaulted and Boaz had to check all the men around his field to make sure that Ruth was protected. But Ruth, you see a bit of her courage and her determination we need to eat. We need food to eat. And I'm going to go out and I'm going to work in the fields. And so she goes about working to provide both for herself and for her mother-in-law, which was so noble and so glorious. And she's an example, really, of diligent service to the Lord and to her family here in this passage. She was a woman of action. She said, let me go, Naomi. Let me go and let me go and glean. Now, some of you remember from the Old Testament the story of how God had ordained for the reapers to pass over the harvest once, but not to go back over the harvest and get all of the gleanings, but to leave the gleanings, sort of the, the second pass of the workers in the field for the poor, so that the poor could come through the fields after they had been reaped once over and there was still a remnant of whatever crop was there in the field, the the gleaners would follow up behind. Sometimes as they were working the same day, and this is what you see here in the image in Ruth chapter 2, there were reapers, men who were working to bring in the bulk of the harvest for the master of the house, Boaz, who was described here as he's a rich man, he's a landowner in Israel, he's a powerful man. But here you have this poor woman who comes and begins to glean in the field of Boaz and does what she can to gather food for her and her mother-in-law. This is hard work out in the heat and out in the sun. And, and, and Ruth was at it all morning, it says in verse 7, except for a short rest. So she's diligent. She's not lazy. She's not, she's not down and, and, but she's up and she's saying, I gotta go and I gotta go and do. And so she's acting out her trust in the Lord by stepping out courageously and trusting that God, the God of Israel, will be with her as she enters an unknown field. She's a real woman of courage. Like many women in this church, that John and I have the honor of knowing. Ladies, thank you for being such faithful servants, diligent servants of the Lord. And may God raise up many more women like Ruth in our midst. So the, the, the gleaners didn't bring in as much as the reapers, but they would be able to gather enough so that they could feed their families. What we read here is that Ruth did gather about 22 liters of wheat. And this was a significant sack of grain that she gathered all in one day that actually blessed not only herself, but blessed Naomi who was able to eat from it as well. So let us admire the courage, admire the strength 
of this woman who was still grieving. And yet she's out in the fields gleaning. Ruth is really a picture of unselfishness with her life. She bound herself to Naomi and to Naomi's God. and But she immediately gets about the business of living her new life in Israel and takes it upon herself to be a provider for her grieving mother-in-law. And there's an application for us in this. There's a point of discipleship for us in this, brothers and sisters, as we look at Ruth's life. God's plan for your life and mine it unfolds in the normal daily dealings and daily acts of faithfulness that He gives to you and I to do. You don't have to travel the whole world in search of what God's purpose is for your life. As the Scriptures say, commit your way to the Lord. Commit your way to God like Ruth did. And follow Jesus. And like Ruth, Let us all get about the business of working faithfully to be a blessing right where we're at and not forever be pining for some dream out in the horizon that distracts us and makes us restless and prevents us from being faithful. Ephesians 4, verse 28 says this, Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Though she was poor, Ruth worked hard to be able to glean so that she could share, in this case, with her mother-in-law, Naomi, who was in need. And this was an evidence of her being a woman of action. She demonstrated her faith by a life of obedience to the Lord and caring for the needy. And her life becomes this picture of obedience to Yahweh as well as saving faith in Him. You know, just again by way of application in our own lives, God has given you and I the ability to make money not so that we can simply spend it on ourselves selfishly, but to be in a position to bless others with what we earn. I remember as I was as get, was getting older, moving into college, and was was working more throughout the summers and It was such an honor to be able to, after my parents have been such a blessing to me all of my life, and to be able to also be a blessing back to them. And also to start to make money so that I could take my place in my local church and begin to give myself my own tithes and offerings to be a blessing to the household of faith, to the church, and to God and worship Him in that way. And that has been and still is a joy. Ruth is not about herself. She's about God. And she's about Naomi. She's not plowing ahead with her own life selfishly, following her own dreams, and leaving behind her loved ones to to forge her own way and seek personal fulfillment. She's laying down her life and she's entering the fields and, and she's entering into sweat in order to be a blessing to others as well as to herself, she quietly gets about her life and her small paying job. And she provides not only for herself, but her poor mother-in-law who needs her. Remarkable Ruth. Faithful Ruth. 
And here I just want to give a brief word of encouragement to you, church. Don't think it a small thing what you are doing for God, working faithfully and hard at your jobs every day, caring for your families financially, caring for the church financially, living in the daily grind, so to speak, passing your time by diligently going about the business that God has given to you to do. It's glorious. And it's how the Gospel's advancing. It's how Christ is building His church. And it's wonderful, though often we don't see the wonder and the beauty in it. I saw a video recently of a person who decided to give up on the daily grind. And they sold everything they had in order to travel the world and see new lands and new sites and to pursue new experiences. And they video blog about it. Wanderlust, it is called. And those who give themselves over to it are restless with their normal lives and they spurn the normal nine-to-five way of living life. Stories like that, they're fascinating to me. And when you see someone getting to experience all of that, it can tempt you to think that what you're doing with your life is futile in comparison. That's where it's at. This person or this couple seems to be enjoying their life, whereas I'm stuck in this miserable daily grind. Others are getting to enjoy the world and are fulfilling their dreams and have turned their back on the 9-to-5 work-a-day world to pursue something better. They have left their households to go and pursue the real good life. That must be truly where it's at. No, brothers and sisters. No. Where it's at is the work God has put right in front of us. If you can dream, Rudyard Kipling said in his poem, if you can dream and yet not let dreams become your master, so dream, but do not let dreams become your master. Kipling put his finger in his poem of how many men and women, they they not only dream, but they let dreams become their master and create a restless spirit in them that will never let them settle down. It will never let them send down roots in a local church and bloom where they're planted. And brothers and sisters, what we see in Scripture is just the opposite, that the daily grind is where it's at. It's here for Ruth. It's just another day of work. Another day in the fields gleaning. And you get the sense there at the end of Ruth chapter 2. It just says, it just ends the chapter and she lived with her mother-in-law. And not through the barley only, but the wheat harvest as well. This wasn't just one day. She ended up in a daily grind here. Faithfully doing her work. And that's how it is with our lives as well. Just another day of work. Another day in the fields gleaning. Another day at school, faithfully studying and doing our work. Another day, another dollar, the world says. But brothers and sisters, if you're earning a dollar so you can spend it for the glory of God, for being a blessing to others, being a blessing to your family and to God's church, and provide also for yourself in an honorable way, that is no small thing. That is what makes the world go round. And it's that kind of faithfulness that God sees and will greatly reward. And it's how the Gospel is going forth to the nations. I love the way uh, Kevin DeYoung talks about what we need are plodding visionaries. I love that phrase. Plodding visionaries. That's what we need. 
men and women who will faithfully work and faithfully serve where they're at, those who will, like Ruth, not look down on the work that is in front of them, who aren't afraid of sweat and blood, sweat, and tears, and will get down to the good and sweet business of the mundane daily life with vision for God and vision for faithfully serving God. That is the engine that gets the Gospel to the nations. And church, it might think, that's, that's a big thought. Are you sure about that? I, we have two families in Croatia right now who were sent out from our local church. They are serving the Lord there, but Christ's community without your hard work in your daily lives, they would not be able to minister the Gospel there. How did the Gospel go forth to Croatia with the church plant we had the honor to plant? Mario and Jen and their kids going? Yes, indeed. Daniel and Caitlin, and now little baby Gemma, who we got a chance to talk to this week. Yes, them going and them sacrificing indeed. But what about Christ Community Church faithful members plotting and daily grinding and giving generously to sacrifice so that it can happen? I wrote down yes with five exclamation points after it in my notes to emphatically impress upon you how important it is what you're doing every day. Don't for a second think that your daily life of staying close to Jesus, following Him, working your job, providing for your family, serving your family, serving our church, evangelizing the lost around you whenever you get the chance, and pouring your life out in the week in and week out progression don't think that that doesn't make such a huge difference for God because it does. It does. It's glorious. It's making more of a difference for the kingdom than you know. And God's going to greatly reward you for your faithful life. So let Ruth inspire all of us with the greatness of daily getting up and getting out of bed And daily getting to work diligently if we're able to get to work and go to work. And to do what we can to be a blessing to others in the Lord. Kevin DeYoung and Ted Kluck say in their book, Why We Love the Church. Listen to this. I hope this inspires you like it does me. What we need are fewer revolutionaries and a few more plotting visionaries. That's my dream for the church. God's redeemed people holding tenaciously to a vision of godly obedience and God's glory and pursuing that godliness and glory with relentless, often unnoticed, plotting consistency. And secondly, they write this. So I guess this is my final advice. You're going to love this quote. Find a good local church. Get involved. Become a member. Stay there for the long haul. Put away thoughts of revolution for a while and join the plotting visionaries. Go to church this Sunday and worship there in spirit and truth. Be patient with your leaders. Yes, and indeed we need your patience. Rejoice when the gospel is faithfully proclaimed. Bear with those who hurt you and give people the benefit of the doubt. When you are there, sing like you mean it and say hi to the teenager no one notices. I love that. Welcome the blue hairs and the nose ringed. Amen. And thank you for being that way, Christ community. May we be like that all the more. Volunteer for the nursery once in a while. And yes, bring your fried chicken to the potluck potluck like everyone else. Or a coin in the Jason. 
Bring that fried chicken. Fried chicken would be good for corn today. We've got to bring some of that. Invite a friend to church. Take the new couple out for coffee. Give to the Christmas offering. Be thankful someone vacuumed the carpet or swept the floors here. Enjoy the Sundays that click for you. Pray extra hard on the Sundays that don't. And do not despise the day of small things. Do not despise the day of small things. Because we're going to find when we get to heaven that the day of small things were actually the day of big things. But things that we didn't notice because we didn't have the eyes to see. Our culture is so about the big. Give me the grand. Give me the world tour. Give me all of that. I don't want the faithful daily nine to five grind. And yet, brothers and sisters, those who live in that kind of spirit, they miss the beauty and the glory of God getting it done through men and women like Ruth. Just get out there and get it done. Praise God for men and women like her. Let us send down roots, brothers and sisters, and bloom where we're planted. I love that phrase. In the midst of a restless generation given to selfishness and wanderlust. And you know what? You're going to stand out. The world needs to see such faithful grinders. And you'll make a great difference for Jesus over the long haul. Yes, you will. You know, it's not going to be as dramatic. No one's ever going to write a book about us, most likely. But man, we day in and day out get it done like Ruth got it done. And you know what? We're going to go out to Opportunity House tonight. Just another Sunday afternoon. And nobody's going to account for the fact that I'm going to miss the end of the Eagles game. But Jesus is more important than the Eagles game. Amen. But just going out, linking arm in arm with our brothers and sisters, men and women, children side by side in the local church, going out to feed the poor, going out to share the gospel. And who knows, but that one sinner eating a meal at the table through one of you tonight be born again and be removed from eternal darkness to eternal salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. That's how the Gospel gets to the nations. Just you and I living our normal lives in a non-dramatic, non-spectacular, but faithful way and just continuing to plot and marking our calendars for the next Opportunity House and marking our calendars for the next Good News Club and every other little thing and going deeper through the years in the Word and our love for Him through our personal study and pursuit of Jesus and our own personal devotional lives and going to John's First John class and marveling at the good news of Jesus Christ and the Incarnation like Joshua Sarita talked to us about today. Oh, it's the faithful plotters like Ruth. God's going to use to change the world. But you know what? It's not like Ruth and Naomi. When Ruth brought in the 22 liters of wheat to cook that night, knowing she had to get back out again early in the morning to do it the next day, she's not thinking she's a world changer. But she was. 
and that's you, and that's me. Oh, it's not as dramatic for each and every one of us like we're bringing the Messiah into the world. But like Ruth and Naomi, we don't, we don't know the glory of what we do every day and the conversations we have with people that are of eternal significance. Where you are at your workplace, there are people there, men and women, who they could not hear the Gospel but from anybody but through you. And God's put you there for a reason. He's put you there in your household to preach the Gospel to and disciple your precious children and grandchildren. And that's no small thing. It's changing the world. One soul at a time. So men and women of Christ Community Church, press in to where you're at. Let us bloom together as a local church where we're planted and do the Ruth-like hard work of gospel advancement and be plotting visionaries for the glory of God. And my final point is, in point three, God working in the details of Ruth's life. It, it can get summed up in one verse here in Ruth chapter 2, and I love this verse. It just says in verse 3 of Ruth chapter 2, look at that in the Word with me. So she set out, Ruth did, and went and gleaned in the field after the reapers. I love this phrase. And she happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz. That's how God works His miracles. You're walking into a field and you've got no clue that God's moving you right where He wants you so that you can be used for His glory the way He has determined from eternity past. I love Psalm 139.16. Every day of your life was written in my book before one of them came to be. David says. And Psalm 138.8, which Alex remarkably quoted this morning, I love this promise. Drink this in deep, Christ community, and drink it in often. It just says, the Lord will fulfill His purpose for me. The Lord will fulfill His purpose for me. You know what that means? I can't mess this up. Many are the plans of a man's heart, but the Lord determines His steps. I'm just walking into a field, Ruth said. Yep. And I'm bringing about the salvation of the nations through this, you walking in the field, this specific field that you think's just by accident. But we learn as we look in the Scriptures and we look at God's beautiful tapestry that He weaves that there are no accidents. God, our sovereign God, our good God, who saves Ruth, sovereignly ordains for her to walk right into the field of her future husband who's going to be the father of King David leading down to the line of the King of Kings, Jesus Christ. There are no accidents. God works in every detail. Your job and every big detail of your life. But also, the exact fields you walk into and the exact time when, it's all part of God's specific Beautiful, glorious plan. Trust in that, brothers and sisters, and be at peace. 
as you fret right now, as you're tempted to fret about your life, know that your good, sovereign God who laid down His life for you is moving things forward gloriously as He planned. It feels out of control to us, but it's perfectly in control for Him. Amen? Just a story of just she happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz in my own life. And I'll close with this story. In college at Westchester University, there was a girl named Emily who was in my geography class. She was a Christian who commuted, whereas me and my friends lived on campus in the dorms. Commuters could sometimes find it hard to connect and make friends on campus, so I invited Emily out to our college campus ministry, and my roommate Brad and I welcomed her into our circle of friends. That summer, because Emily was in the Army, she was doing her training and happened to be put in the same tent as a beautiful young lady named Shannon Milhouse, who happened to be transferring from York College to Westchester University that next semester. Emily was excited that Shannon was going to be going to the same college as her. She said, I'll have to introduce you to my friends, CB and Brad. Well, Emily did introduce Shannon to me in the fall of 1994. And the rest is history, as they say. Shannon and I started seeing each other. And she lived up here in Reading. And so I started to travel up here to visit her. And I, I say to everybody, I, as I was falling in love with her, I also fell in love with this area which I also believe God providentially used for our church to be planted here. When the Lord said, as I was seeking Him, when guys were telling me that I had a call to plant a church in my life, in a quiet time one morning, I believe the Holy Spirit said in His still small voice, you may one day plant a church in the Reading area. And then God brought it to pass a number of years later. Shannon just happened to be in the same tent with my friend Emily. Every detail written in his book before one of them came to be. Every day of your life and mine written in his book. And the Lord will fulfill his purpose for you, beloved. If God so loved you that he sent his own son to die on the cross for you, securing for you eternal salvation, that you and I do not deserve. He's going to take care of every detail of your life and mine. He's working right now in every small detail that you think is small, but isn't. And He loves you so much. This morning, I want to urge all of us to place our faith once again in God Himself. The One under whose wings we've come to take refuge in. And let us Remember Jesus' words and His invitation to all of us this morning. Come to Me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come under His wings this morning, brothers and sisters, afresh. Lay aside your fretting and your fears for tomorrow and know that the Lord has tomorrow in His hands. And He loves you so much. He didn't save you 
by sending His Son to die on the cross for you, only to leave you now. No. His favor, His divine favor is on your life and it will never be removed. Such is His amazing grace and steadfast love for those He dies to save. His love for you will never be removed and never taken away. Find rest this morning in fresh peace under the shelter of the wings of your God who loved you so much that He gave up His only Son. Amen? If I can have the worship band return, let's pray. Oh Lord, Your favor is on our life. Those of us who believe. Lord, if there's anybody here who doesn't believe, I pray that they would come underneath Your wings and believe in You right now. That they would repent of their sins and trust in You. And that they would receive the gift of eternal life. And the Holy Spirit, You would come and You would light the fire in their heart like You have lit the fire in our heart. That they would blaze for Your glory and live like Ruth, as a woman of faith and also as a woman of action, that we would be men and women and children and teens of great faith and of great action, that we would back up our profession with action. And that we would trust You that You are working in the details of our life even as You were working in the details of Ruth's life. Haven't You been good to us, God? Haven't You been so good to us. We love you. Amen. Church, let's stand and worship him and sing, Haven't you been good? Christ Community Church, the Lord repay you for what you have done, and a full reward be given you by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. God bless you and have a wonderful day.